dance and drink and screw because there's nothing else to do. You're listening to The Family Album with John and Rebecca. <laughs> nice enter, Nice entrance. Great Thank start. You. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to think if there's anything big that happened in the past week or so, music-wise. I don't think there has, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, Ellie Goulding put out a new song, and it's really not good. Oh, I'm not a fan of Ellie, Go- Ellie Goulding. I don't know. It's it's I'm, Her tone of voice really is a bit like e Kind of... It, I... Mm. I know what you mean, but I really like her music overall. It's really, I, it's n- nice and enjoyable. But like this song, she just kind of like sounds like she phoned it in. I mean, she didn't even phone it in for for the song she did for Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, yeah, I know that like, this song... song is. That song was really good. the soundtrack for Fifty Shades of Grey is really good. It's a bloody awful film. Oh God, yeah, I, I... it's terrible. But it's got a really stellar soundtrack. It's, it kind of, kind of feels like that. I have when film isn't yeah. that great, they always make sure they have a really good soundtrack. Yeah, but like, so like I know she wouldn't. She didn't phone it in for that, but she's phoned it in because this, this song is from the uh, new Bridget Jones's film. Bridget Jones film. Oh, which one's that? I don't Bridget know. Bridget Jones's baby. Yeah, I'm not good with films. Yeah, I don't know. I I never really watched the Bridget Jones's films. I remember they were supposed to be the next big thing in cinema. Believe it or not. Really? They were being because it's because they came out just after the Harry Potter films started coming out. <sighs> So like it was book adaptations were get, were supposed to be the next big thing. I mean technically they are. They still are like. Um, yeah, but like it was supposed to be like the women equivalent of Harry Potter to put it very badly. That's oh no. Yeah, but like that's how it was like touted in the press and that kind of thing. But it's I never really watched them. I haven't watched them. I've never I've heard really good things about them. I've just not watched them. Yeah, like I've heard of Bridget Jones Diaries. Never watched yeah. it in my life. But no. I don't know. I guess you've just got to be kind of into that film. There's probably yeah. a lot of people who like it. It's just not as many as say people who like Harry Potter or yeah. That had a, that film had a big following as well when it came out. It still does like, have a big that, following. Like the book was really popular as well, and when it came to the film, it started it had a big fan base. Yeah, I think that's why people but, go for book adaptations for films because they come with already a big following. Exactly. But to get back to the actual song, it's very flat. There's nothing to it. I feel like with the song she did for Fifty Shades of Grey, she was kind of told, okay, write a love song, but make it sound a little, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. For want of a better term. And she did. And she did a really good job with it. Yeah. This, I... she was kind of told, write the most generic love song in the world. Oh. Well, I don't know if she wrote it, to be honest. She might not have. That yeah. might be the problem. Maybe. But it's, I don't know. It just doesn't hit the right spot for her. Yeah, I haven't heard it, but I can. I think I can kind of figure out where you're going with it or what it could sound like. But at the same time, not an Ellie Goulding fan. Don't think I'll be listening to it. It's, it's just, I don't know. Her music is just, it's not my style. Love Me Like You Do, the Fifty Shades of Grey song. I have listened to that a lot, mainly because of covers. But at the same time, it's because it's just a, it's, it's a guilty pleasure in a sense. Especially with the film that it came from. Oh yeah. <laughs> that fi- I am right. n- never read the books. Never going to see the film. Never going to do anything to do with that ghastly piece of art. Yeah. M- must mention, I did put air quotes when I put art there. It's radio, dear. You can't see what you're doing. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm. I don't know. I'm not that smart. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Okay. Sh- well, let's get to the. Uh main event. Yep. This week I made Rebecca listen to Different Class by Pulp, one of my favourite albums. I believe it came out like a couple of months after I, w- after I was born, so there's a very real chance I heard it while I was still in the womb. <laughs> Probably knowing our parents. I am very sad to say about this. 
I've only listened to it once, and that was today, because I've been procrastinating listening to the album, because I started it, and I must say, it's probably going to be an album that I listen to to try and get to sleep, and who, first of all, who hasn't heard of Common People? Yeah, exactly. That was the only real song that stood out to me on that album, mainly because I've heard it before, but again, it's, for me, it's an album that I can't seem to pay much attention to, because I had it on, and I listened to it, and I was listening to it while doing, like, millions of things, and I couldn't not just stop and listen to it it's i don't know it's a great album if you want to try and get sleep and you can't and i believe me when i say that it's going to be on my spotify playlist as soon as this ends just to help me get sleep because Mm. you know it is it's very it is i I get where you're coming from that it's a lot more laid back and relaxed yeah i i do like that about it it's nice and relaxed and not a lot of editing and post i don't even know yeah i don't even know if relaxed is the right word because you've got a lot of songs on there that are very you know i mean like common people is the big example that's cacophonous almost yeah that's the song that because like last last week you said uh you like songs that like build up from basically nothing Mm -hmm. that's what made me think of that because i was like that song does that perfectly oh yeah it does it's a great song that entire album is just one of the best examples of music coming from a working class background. Like the lyrics, you can identify with them a lot. Oh yeah. Like the first lines of the album are misshapes, mistakes, and misfits raised on a diet of broken biscuits. Like it's sad that I can relate the to the broken yeah. biscuits part. Yeah, exactly. Because like this thing, like you probably don't remember back when we had less than no money. I would have been. Like, there was a there was a period in the late nineties and early two thousands. I remember that our family was broke, literally and figuratively. Yeah, like, you probably don't remember it because you were like two or three. Yeah, like we were in dire straits at one point. Yeah, I can kind of. And the line raising a diet of broken biscuits comes with the fact that you would buy biscuit you would buy brisk biscuits that were broken in the factory, sold for cheap. Yeah, like all stuff that's what we, we, we that had been them. dropped yeah. on the floor in the shop, and they just put them in what we our family loved to call the bargain mm. bucket. Or the bargain bin. Yeah. Because they're cheaper, but they're exactly the same as what they are if they're whole biscuits. Yeah, but that's the point. You go for that instead of the cheap ones because that's all you could afford. We could afford at the time. Yeah. And like, like common people does that perfectly. It's the pinnacle of the album. Yeah. But like, this is the thing. Like, it's that interspersed with what I can only describe as pure sleaze. (laughs) I Spy is the best. Like, I Spy and Live Bed Show are amazing for just being pure sleaze. It's wonderful in that sense. The way you're describing it makes me want to re-listen to the album again because I have this thing of I should never listen to an album once before talking to it and that's exactly where I'm coming from. And so it's like, it's hard for me to talk about the album because I've only listened to it once even though it was, what, half an hour ago? But still, it's like, I've only got it once in my head and the only song I can Mm. can truly remember is Common People and that's just because Mm. you hear it all the time, especially in Mm. this house. It's a song that will all of a sudden just start playing if Dad's found it on a record or something, yeah. knowing him. For the example of Live Bed Show, it's basically a song about a couple whose sex life has gone to nothing. It comes from uh, the line, this bed has seen it all from the first time to the last, the silences of now and the good times of the past. And it only cost £10 from a shop just down the road. Mind you, that was seven years ago and things were very different then. It didn't get much rest at first, the headboard banging in the night. Right. <laughs> it's like... I Spy is amazing for that because it's about Jarvis Cocker sleeping with a married woman. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Now, now that makes me want to listen to the whole album all over again. You, just that fact. You did actually, did you, like, that's, I mean, I don't know if he actually did it. He probably did. It's Jarvis Cocker. He did that kind of <laughs> shit. 
but like. Uh, where are we? I don't oh, where is it? I'm looking for. I'm looking for the lyrics. Ah. Uh. Because it's it's great for that. Yeah. Like it's it's a wonderful song for that. Where is it? I'm looking at the lyrics now. <laughs> oh, here we are. You see, you should take me seriously, very seriously indeed, because I've been sleeping with your wife for the past sixteen weeks, smoking your cigarettes, drinking your brandy, messing up the bed you chose together, and all that time I just wanted you to come home unexpectedly one afternoon and catch us at it in the front room. Wow. That's... Yeah. Because it's basically about him getting revenge on someone by sleeping with their wife. That is a good bit of revenge. It's. Pure sleaze. Yeah, it is. Like, it's pure and, sleaze. And like, it starts with Mishits, which because like I I listened to this album a lot when I was younger. I got the, the vibe of the first song Mishits completely wrong. I thought it was basically the idea of nerds taking over the world. Right. Which is not it at all because it's basically about, for want of a better term, revolution of the working class. Because it literally like the that's the line Mishits, mistakes and misfits emphasis on the mistakes. When you like have money, you can plan for kids, but most working class kids aren't planned. Yeah. With us being one of the rare exceptions. <laughs> Again, like, how do you not get that vibe? Because the first the the sleaze vibe. Because the like the first line of the pencil skirt is you raise your pencil skirt like a veil before my eyes. Yeah, again, it's me, when I listen to an album, the first time I listen to it, I listen to the instruments. Like, for me, lyrics mm. come second, in a sense. Like, See, this was definitely an album you should have listened to more than once, in that sense. Yeah. Because, sh- like, your list, you get the lyrics, and, like, Disco 2000 is great, as well. Another standout one. Mm. The whole album is just a beautiful, wonderful exploration of working-class life. Yeah, you can... That's one vibe you can definitely get straight away. Yeah. And I like that, because... Yeah. In a sense, not many people like to talk about working class life when no. you think about it. Especially in music, it's always about yeah. money and fame yeah. and all that. And it's just like, it's nice and refreshing to um, get something that isn't just about that. It's about yeah. coming from nothing and going, hello, sort of thing. See, that's the thing. That's, this album is not about coming from nothing and getting somewhere. Yeah. And, like, a lot of good musicians who do stuff about working-class stuff do not take the angle of coming from nothing to getting places. Yeah. Like, they do, we're at nothing, this is nothing. You can lose the label of working-class in other people's eyes. But, but you... doesn't if you grew up working-class, if you grew up eating broken biscuits, you know... It's a lifestyle eating... you can't get rid of, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's a it's it, a frame of mind basically. Yeah, like because whenever I get money, my instinct is: is there a sale on in a, in a shop that I can get something I yeah. need? Once you gain money, you in other people's eyes, you lose the label of working class. But you don't. It sticks with you for life because it's how yeah, you've you, been brought like, up, and it's the only yeah, way you a, know. But at the same time, it's kind of a point of pride as well. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I've noticed this a lot, and it is something I will touch on when we discuss your one. People who have actually come from working class backgrounds don't take the root of basically starting from the bottom now we're here yeah to quote drake obviously <laughs> of course but you've like, got to quote drake at one point yeah. in these podcasts yeah <laughs> you get artists who've actually come from working class backgrounds they don't take the root of root of starting from nothing and getting somewhere yeah they take the root of i am proud to be at this level this is part of who i am a more a lot more recent example of who did this really well was lord Lord did this really well. Yeah, but doesn't she have an uncle that is famous? I can't remember who it is. I know it. She has a famous uncle, and I can't think of his name for the life of me, and it's going to kill me. Or was it a famous dad? Don't know. It's one of the two. And it's going to kill me until it pops into my head again. I promise you that. 
because she does have a um, she does have fame in her family. She's, but she, again, her family did come from nothing. Even though she has a famous. Her dad was a civil engineer, and her mother was a poet. Potentially, you could argue poetry being a poet, but at the same time, that's not for a lot of people. That's not a job that pays well. Yeah. But like, that's my point. Like, and like, she doesn't sing about getting to a higher place. Like, the whole point of royals is everybody's talking about this higher place, and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Everybody's talking about, you know, champagne and, you know, uh, wild parties. I don't know that shit. Like, yeah. the lyric that comes to mind is, we count our dollars on the train to the party. Yeah. Just, like, making sure you've got enough to get by. Yeah, that's something I do every, all the time. It's like, do I have enough to actually get to this place or get this mm. thing? It's, exactly. That's, that's, for what effect, that's working class music. That is what it is. Yeah. And, like, I can immediately tell when somebody is trying to appeal to working class audience by doing the starting from nothing and getting to an amazing place. Yeah. Like, you, you like, want to get the money, but at the same time, you are not going to stop everything that you've been brought yeah. up to be. Cause no, of course not. The one thing that you're taught as a child in a working class family like ours is money isn't everything, because sometimes yeah. the best things you can get is some that come, are things that come free. Like, as yeah. people, loads of people say, oh, that's just a poor thing to say, but no, sometimes the best things are free. This album was hugely influential in lots of ways. I mean, it's the second week in a row where basically I've picked out an album for you which has a very strong Britpop sound. Yeah, I can see the Britpop yeah. in it. It is Britpop. Yeah. I mean, when you go to the Wikipedia article for Different Class, it does describe Pulp as being a Britpop band, which they are. Yeah. Sadly, when I heard like, Pulp, Pulp Fiction came into my head. Yeah. Same time period. Really? That's cool to know. About that, Pulp Fiction came out in ninety eight. Oh no, wait! It came out before this. Seriously? Before the album, it came out in ninety four. Ah, oh, so maybe they got oh. Pulp from Pulp Fiction. No, they were Pulp. This is the weird thing about Pulp. Different class is Pulp's fifth album. Seriously, their fifth. Yeah. I was expecting it to be a lot like earlier on in their music career for yeah. it to be about what it is. But I guess that yeah. proves that working That's class what is Pulp a state of did. mind. That's what Pulp did. I mean, this is the thing that like, it was their fifth. But they, this was basically the first album that got big acclaim. I mean, the, the one before this was uh, His and Hers, which got big. But they, very, they really struggled to gain prominence and success because their albums, this, because of the stuff that they talked about was so, for want of a better term, out there. Like, right. the stuff that they did. I mean, when you listen to, you can hear the difference between His and Hers and Different Class. Different Class is a lot more approachable. Right. Like his and hers, even though it was popular, is even sleazier than different class. Ooh, I already like the sound of and it. Yeah, <laughs> they formed in, like, uh, 78. Right. Granted, granted, Jarvis Cocker was 15 at the time, but technically they formed, roughly. That's a long time ago. I'm actually mm. trying to do the maths in my head. That's nearly 30 years yeah. ago. No, nearly 40 years ago. Yeah. Honestly, different class is kind of an anomaly in their repertoire. Really? The rest of their stuff is very sleazy. It's also very heavy. I mean, the one after Different Class, I believe, was This Is Hardcore, which tells you what the... Uh, <laughs> which does tell you what the uh, subject matter of it was, really. Yeah. Because, like, this, the title song of it is uh, This Is Hardcore, and it is basically a uh, lyrical description of sex. Great. And it's really heavy, and it's really good. But it does share a lot of stuff with I Spy. If you took out the lyrics of This Is Hardcore, same with I Spy, I think, you'd have a really good Bond theme. Oh, you see? Seriously, you, you can hear it, can't you? Kind of, yeah. It's the blasting trumpets. That This Is Hardcore has massive blasting trumpets. 
and blaring and it sounds like the s music from a spy thriller but Ooh. it's about sex literal actual sex isn't that a big part of every spy thriller though so it would be perfect kind of <laughs> yeah but like it's very it's not even graphic it's just very innuendous for want of a better term gotta love a good innuendo the first line of this is hardcore is you are hardcore you make me hard oh yeah no I don't, that wouldn't work yeah. no yeah <laughs> but it's and it's great yeah and like that's what i loved about pulp because they just sang about what they knew yeah which was working class life and a lot of sex i like it when bands do that like i hate it when bands write about things they have no idea about because it's like what's the point you've got to write about what you know otherwise you can't yeah. get the emotion the feeling and mm. the general i don't know feeling of a song you can't get that if you write about something you don't know so mm. and that's one thing that you can get straight away even with first mm. listen of an album you can get that they're writing about something that they know and they mm. lived and it's great and it's great feeling it just mm. makes you feel more connected with them with music when it's like that i guess mm. i every time i listen to this is hardcore i feel like i want a cigarette afterwards because <laughs> like it, it's beautiful and you can you can tell that he kind of like knows exactly what he's doing when he says lyrics like uh where is it come over here babe and talk in the mic right yeah he knows exactly what he's doing with that yeah he does the, the microphone is a metaphor for peace i know i kind of got that straight away dear yeah I'm not, exactly i'm not as innocent minded as you all, would like to think it's all beautiful wonderful innuendo and, and metaphors and yeah well, I would argue that that would have been an innuendo rather than just a straight metaphor. An innuendo yeah. is a type of metaphor. Yeah, true, true. But like, this is the thing, like, Pulp kind of needed to work people into their uh, style of music, so that's why Different Class works so well as well, because you'll have, like, even, like... Because Pulp, before they got big, had a small set of hardcore fans. Yeah. Like, people who loved them, but they were very small. And if you'd have said to any of them in, like, the late 80s... In the 90s, Pulp are going to be big, and I mean really big. They'd either say no, or the only way they do that is if they abandon their sound. Yeah. But they managed to do neither. Like, they managed, they managed to maintain their sound while also making it more approachable. And I feel like that's what musicians should try and do. Like, because you can have what you are, but make it more approachable. Yeah. And a lot more, like, but like at the same time, when you go back to your other stuff, you can't alienate people. Yeah, I can see that. I... But it's not necessarily a bad thing to do that. Because, like, uh, I'm just flicking through the Wikipedia page now. Different In 2013, NME, who we've discussed before, New Musical Express, yeah. ranked the album at number six in their list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Holy crap. Number six? Yeah. Out of number 500? Six. Yikes. Yeah. That is, that is a good... That's good. Yeah. So... Out of ten, what would you give different class? Admit that you only had one listen. Six. Because, really? Yeah, like I said, it, it goes to my weak spot of, like, gradually building, so automatically that gets it way past five. It's the we It's a good album. Right. Shall we um, change track to the album you made me listen to? Yeah, so how did you find Sounds Good, Feels Good? Uh, it was better than last week's one. Well, that was something I was not expecting. Yeah. <laughs> Considering was... how much you made fun of me for liking this band. 
I was shocked that you would like this album, but the reason I did pick this album for you is because you said you liked songs that told a story. Yeah. And I feel in each of these songs, you can kind of see a story unfolding, especially with Broken Home. It's a clear story in that song for me. Mm. Like, I... I said it was better than last week's one. I didn't necessarily say I liked it that much. It's it's still better than what I was expecting. Yes. I was expecting you to completely say you didn't like I mean, it. I appreciate that they tried to change track with their music a bit. That they tried to take a different approach. I appreciate that. And I can get behind that in a lot of ways. I don't feel like they changed track. I feel like they realised that they'd, they who they really were. Because the bands they listen to aren't really what their last album represented like mm. they listened to people like good charlotte all time low and people like that i mean i think if i remember correctly because this is the first band that i've ever truly looked into deep and watched interviews of and one of some i can't remember which band member it was their first album was n eminem i can't remember what yeah. it was so see, it's i could i could see that i could see that but the problem is for me this album commits several cardinal sins of music. What? What do you mean by that? It does what other musicians have done, but it doesn't really do them any better. Like, it reminded me of a lot of other albums, and I don't mean that musically. I felt like they were doing a nod and a wink to, a, to music, to other albums and to other songs. And like, it felt like they were trying to do what those songs and albums did, but at the same time not realising why they were so good. Because like, I've actually got a list here of what I mean by that. Right. So, like, um, the one at the top of the list is uh, Vapor. Right. It does ex- this thing. Like, Vapor, basically, as I understood, it was basically an, an extended uh, drug metaphor for getting out of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think. But I tr- my immediate thought was, this sounds like they're trying to do what Taylor Swift did with Clean. I haven't heard Clean. It is exactly what this is, but it was released a year before. Yeah. And I believe it was released a year before. This came, what, this 2015 this came out, wasn't it? Yeah, 2015. Um, yeah, 2014. Came out. So it sounds like they're trying to do the same thing, but it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Because the songwriting isn't really there, I don't think. It's not on the same level. Yeah. So uh, it kind of like stubbles there, and it makes me think, if I want a song like this, I'd rather listen to Clean. Yeah, but the thing is, with me and this album, it's... Not just about relationships. They've kind of put that to the side with this album. It's more about mental illnesses and how mm. they realise that a lot of their fans who are listening to their music and who had joined like the bandwagon of them and were listening to the music, listened to it for an escape. And they were told so many times by loads of people who listened to the music, their fans and stuff, that their music had helped them so much and had some even said that it saved their lives. So they kind of realised that they had a massive influence and so they wanted Mm. to make an album where people could feel at home and that's exactly what I feel especially with Carry On which even though it's like what two minutes if that long it's my favourite song on the album because it leaves the album on the note of it's gonna get better and Mm. and I love that I love you know again that's something not to cut you off but again that's something that's actually on my list that's something that other musicians have done yeah but have done better and like there's a there is a laundry list here of things like um waste the night has a hidden song at the end 
you know what I mean by hidden song, don't you? No. Like, the song ends, there's a bit of a gap of silence, and then uh, another song starts. Does it? Yeah, there's like a weird thing on the on the end of it. Oh, the orchestra bit. I, I, apparently, I don't, I don't know this album as, apparently I don't know this album as much as I thought I did. No, but, but when you think of when I think of hidden song, I think of Carry On being hidden song on the end of Outer Space. But, but like that's not hidden because it's in the yeah, track it's in the title track. Yeah, but like Waste of the Night has a hidden song. Like there's a gap of silence. Yeah, the, as the song ends, of about I think it's like 15 seconds, and then another song. So I'm listening to it now, <laughs> and another song starts. Yeah, and doesn't fit the rest of the album it's an exper- it's like a minute two minute 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 and a half experimentation with vocoders yeah which is just voice synthesizers and like if you're gonna do that fine do it but either devote a whole song to it yeah or or release an ep where you try that because yeah. like doing that as a hidden song feels like a cop-out and like it doesn't fit the rest of the theme of the album yeah, I can it kind just, of see where you're going with that. Yeah. Also, another <laughs> point I had about being reminded of other albums and other songs. The first song did the worst thing that any album can do. It repeatedly reminded me of another album. Mm. And not because of how it sounds, but because of the, one of the lyrics. The title, the title of the song is Money. Yeah. And by that, you would immediately... You, most people would be thinking, okay, you got reminded of Pink Floyd, who have a song called Money. Yeah. But it's not that that I was reminded of. What were you reminded of, then? See, I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics now. I must have heard it wrong. <laughs> because the line, robbing and stealing. Where's that? From the floor to the ceiling, robbing oh. and stealing. But the way they sang it, it sounded like rhyming and stealing. <laughs> which is the title of the first track of the Beastie Boys, License to Will. Right. And I heard, like... Because, like, you mentioned them having listened to Eminem. Yeah. I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense based on this, them (laughs) referencing the title track of a Beastie Boys song. Because the Beastie Boys, if you didn't know, were a rap group from the 80s. I've heard of the Beastie Boys, but for some reason, when I hear Beastie Boys, I think of a pop group. But then, now I'm thinking about it, I'm probably thinking of the Beach Boys. Or is that bad? I would have thought you were thinking... I was thought I would have thought you were thinking the Backstreet Boys. Oh yeah, no, no. But were the Beach Boys even a thing, or am I making a band up? The Beach Boys were a thing. Thank God. No, we didn't. They do. Um. Oh, uh, I do know. God only it. knows. Wouldn't it be nice, little Honda? <laughs> Fucking goddamned good vibrations. That's Jesus. It. Fuck. <laughs> God in hell. Don't kill me. I rattled. They're one of the greatest songs of all time. Paul McCartney's favourite song is God Only Knows. (gasps) Oh my god, sorry. Again, don't really listen to Paul McCartney. Do not kill me for saying that. No, not even not even that. Like, it's that's that's how bloody good the Beach Boys were. That Paul McCartney, that one of the lead, the lead, based arguably the lead in one of the greatest bands of all time, says that his favourite song is a Beach Boys song. That's how bloody good the Beach Boys are. (laughs) Okay, okay, but Calm I digress. Down, dear. <laughs> I digress, and like they sang the line "robbing scene," but the way they said it, it sounded like rhyming and stealing. It could be Australian accent. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the Australian accent. Because like, I heard it the first time, I was like, "Okay, that's a nice nod." Then they repeated the line. Then they repeated the line again. I got to like the fourth one, and I was like, "I really wish I was listening to License to Will right now." 
I really do. Because, like, I'm remi you're reminded of the song once, and it's like, that's a nice nod. You're reminded twice, and you think, that's not a repeating thing that they're doing, are they? You get to the third one, and you think, well, it's part of the chorus. I'm reminded how goddamn, yeah, exactly. Because I'm reminded how how goddamn good that song is. Yeah. And, it's... like, so, like, it reminded, literally reminded me of another album. I mean, obviously, it wasn't intentional, considering how the lyrics were wrong, and I was yeah. mis mishearing. But you would have thought the... Because this leads on to another point, because you would have thought that the focus groups who they had listened to this before it was released would have picked up on that. Because would it be fair to argue that this was a bit more of a uh, rocky, rough and, rocky, rough and ready release than their first album? Oh, God, like, yeah. Less, yeah. It sounds far too clean and too precise for that. It's too calculated. Yeah, like, I kind of see I where want, you're going, but... It's like, same... when I think when when I think pop punk, I think something you know harsh and just blunt. Yeah. Done for the reason of doing it. Granted, a bit softer than traditional punk. Yeah. Like a lot softer than something like the Sex Pistols. Yeah, obviously. But at the same time, something which has bite and has punch. This sounds like it was made by committee almost. Cause yeah. like, and I get, I know why it happened. And like, this is this is one of my great arguments. If you're going to change your sound, if you even slightly, if you're a pop group and you want to change your sound, you kind of have to get rid of everybody who you had. Not group, not in the group. I should clarify. Yeah. I mean, people like producers, sound engineers, yeah. mixers, that kind of thing. But and if you don't do that, you can't really break out you want without it sounding far too precise and clinical yeah but i've been biting my finger the whole time but the whole time you're saying that because the writers that they had on their first album are the same as the second album like them yeah. and their mates but their but some of the big influences that they had on that album like who helped them write and wrote with them were the brothers from good charlotte right like like the Madden Brothers, I think. Yeah. So the, the thing is that so they were working with them on the first album, and then in my head, I think they kind of said, "Yeah, but this is more you," and sort of like help them. So in a sense, getting yeah. rid of them wouldn't have been a great idea because you know they're exactly in a sense they want to turn but into true. that in a sense. But, but at the same time, like I don't even think lyrically the problem is like the problem isn't lyrics. It's the sound of the album. So the problem is the producers and the mixers and the engineers. Because, mm. like, they stayed with the same label. Yeah. Like, and I know it was their own label that they made up, which is kind of the worst thing possible, because they'll have engineers who will have been brought in from a pop standpoint Yeah, but from, for their first album, who will have stayed on with the record label that they created, trying to work on a rock album. Yeah. On a more rocky, more more what is supposed to be a more punky record and that doesn't really work you see you say that they made their own record but what you don't completely understand is they're not just with their own record their own record is for them to sign people they yeah, work with but that. they're under it they're under that I, they're I know, also they're with, under they're with, uh, capital isn't it uh yeah they're under the same th I think it's modest you know I'm because one direction found them or which one was it from One Direction? I, think I can't was... remember. I know that I was reading through it. I do know they toured with One Direction. Yeah, that's, that's where they found. got. That's how they got big. Uh, 
The label is Capital. I've looked it up. The the label that owns is Capital and Universal. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, if you're going for a different sound, you need to get people in who are experienced with that sound. Yeah, I understand. That. Otherwise, it'll sound too clean, too polished, and too poppy. Hmm. I don't know. I think with the song that mainly the main song that I think of when I think of this album isn't any of the songs that you've mentioned. The main song I think of is Jet Black Heart and also Carry On. Mm. I will say that Jet Black Heart was a lot closer to probably what they were going for. Yeah. Than anything else, along with uh, along with Fly Away and Airplanes, I think was yeah. probably closer as well to what they wanted. Mhm. It's very difficult in when you're in that series, and I don't. Let's think like I don't blame them for that. Yeah. For that kind of thing, because it is difficult, even if you did cut out everyone else. Yeah. Even if you did start fresh, completely fresh, on your own. Like start completely fresh with a brand new group of people trying to create a rock sound who have created rocky sounds in the past. It's very difficult to step out that shadow and the producers you would have been working with will have been, in the back of their minds probably been thinking they were going with a really poppy sound before so we've got to cling on to that a little. Yeah. And it would have been better but it's still very difficult to, sh- to shake that sound that you had before. Yeah. I think in their defence, this is only their second album. and Oh, yeah, like... So, th- I, for my mind, I'm thinking they're slowly transitioning. Like, yeah. So they've gone with but, the poppy sound because at that point in time, they had just finished touring with One Direction and they wanted to kind of keep the fans that they had and at the same time... Th- oh, yeah, I don't I don't deny that that's probably gone into it. I would yeah. it's probably barely calculated by them. I think... And that's, not again, not necessarily a bad thing. Like, no. It's important to keep your... If you but again going back to the uh, pulp thing, if you're going to shift sound, if you're going to like introduce different people into your sound. You've got to create something that bridges the gap. Yeah, I think and this part of me feels doesn't like, go far enough. I yeah, think. I don't know. I feel like this this also got a lot of people into it, but at the same time, yeah. especially with Jet Black Heart, like the lines, the lyrics in that kind of really resonate with me. Like especially. Hmm line of um and now that i'm broken now that you know it caught up in a moment can you see inside sort of thing it to me that is that perfectly describes what happens when people find out you have a mental illness like Mm. because if people didn't know say a person had depression or anxiety and all of a sudden like and they didn't speak they didn't do anything and they would clam up and not speak if they didn't know that they wouldn't really see the real person but as soon as they do find out it's like this they realize and it's sort of like the person's like can they actually see the real me now can they understand Mm. why i'm like this and why and how why i act like this and yeah the line that i love the most is Let's forget who we are and dive into the dark as we burst into colour, returning to life. Which is a great metaphor for saying, like, sometimes you've got to go as low as you possibly can before you can start seeing the light again, sort of thing. Yeah. And here's what I find, like, interesting. Like, you said that these guys found out that a lot of people use their music to help with mental illness and stuff like that. Yeah, and... But... Here's my here's an interesting point. A and I'm not trying to reduce the 
effect and help that they might have had with other people because yeah. any help helps and it's great that people have help in that form yeah and a lot of musicians help people who have problems with mental illness yeah and that kind of thing a lot it's... of music does but that's the thing they don't change their sound no i don't think they they're don't changing cha- their no, sound they... for that i think they're changing no, they don't, their sound they don't for change, themselves they don't, no they don't change their lyrics it doesn't factor into their songwriting because like it doesn't factor into their process and i find it i i'm not again not a comment i just find it really interesting that that, uh, these guys did i think it's also because like last time they were on tour so their own tour the headlining one the one where they were the main act not one direction um they worked non-stop like they didn't really take any breaks so I think once they were onto the North American side of the tour, they had already gone to. I think they had been to Japan. Uh, gone to Japan and stuff like that. Can't quite remember. But they had been to all around Europe, all around the UK, and like they didn't really have any breaks. So part way through the North American tour, I think it was the drummer who, basically, he balled into just feeling depressed. Like, and the only time he didn't was with playing along with um michael clifford the i'm gonna say rhythm guitarist because that's what i the vibe i get from his guitar thing but um they both kind of just fell into it and realized that maybe working a this hard isn't great and the music that they were making wasn't really them because they now completely take the piss out of don't stop from which is one of their biggest songs ever, but it's be kind of becoming an insult, like bet- with them and the fans, like because it's a song that is great, but when you play it so many times and listening to it so much, it gets. It's just n- not what they wanted. That's that's fair. Like changing your sound for yourself. Is yeah. Fair. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like the way you said it, it sounded like they changed their sound for their fans. Yeah, it was a mix like you, of both, in yeah. a sense. Like, changing your sound for yourself and talking about your own stuff, that's that's good, that's good, that makes good music. I mean, I didn't hate it, I, I didn't hate it, and I didn't like it, I nothinged it, which isn't great, obviously. No, I... I didn't have, ma- I didn't have major issues with it. No, it's I get perfectly that. perfectly functional, but it didn't do anything extra for me like here's the thing like like this is a bizarre anecdote but before we recorded this i looked up to see if vocoder was the right word to describe what was going on with the uh thing at the with the hidden song yeah I the song was on but like and it was obviously because i used it but like they had a the example they had on the wikipedia article as an audio clip was a mm. uh, was electric light orchestra's mr blue sky oh who, and that... here's the thing Here's the thing, right? They had like it's a 15 second clip, described just with just of the uh, vocoder part yeah. of it, where it goes all robotic and electronicy, and that 15 seconds made me feel more than the 48 minute length of the whole album. Ooh, that's that was my, that was that was when I realised, yeah, there's not. I mean, I get that they probably put a lot of heart into it but yeah it doesn't come out that way and i guarantee it's because they had the same audio engineers 
and the same staff as they had in the first album. Yeah. I can see what you mean, but at the same and time, it, maybe it's... As weird as it sounds, maybe this, it's... This isn't... An, this, before you say it, this isn't an age thing. No, this I wasn't isn't even going to say an grumpy old man who doesn't like. This isn't me being grumpy old man who doesn't like new music. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. I'm just thinking maybe... Oh, how to word it? Like, with this album, I guess... Most of their fans are female. Are girls, I'm not a Ferengi! I'm not yeah. a Ferengi! Most of their fans are girls. And women, like, m- around my age group and younger, uh, with a few in their 20s. So it's it's not an age thing. I guess it's just, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I'm, I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't word it. It's sort of thing like, this album is more for people. It's basically, it's more for their fans who they already have, which in a sense is bad because it Because they've only had one album out. Yeah, but at the same time, I think they felt... They... Hmm, at the same time, they... This is what I'm getting at. Like, it feels... It felt like pandering. Yeah. It felt... That's why it felt sterile to me. Yeah. Because, like, it almost felt like I was being locked out of something that could potentially I could enjoy. Because I, I guarantee after like 10 listens of this album, I probably would quite like it a lot. But after 10 listens I Not many people are going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I could have listened that. to 10 other albums <laughs> that I know I like. Like, I mean you leave your hand on a hot stove for long enough you won't feel it anymore. <laughs> you won't have a hand, but you won't feel it anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But I see I, what I see what you're trying to say, but at the same time, I guess my mind is so st- stuck on me really loving this band because it's. Oh no, I, I'm not saying don't enjoy it. I mean, yeah. I would never say that. Like, if you no. enjoy it, enjoy, enjoy it. it by all means. I don't know. I guess with me trying to see your point of view is kind of hard because this is the first band that I ever really got interested in at the age where you can really enjoy it. Like with McFly, I know a lot about them. But I started listening to them when I was like, what, five, six? And so at that age, you don't really care about the band, the backstory of anything. You just care about the music and what they make and if it's fun to listen to. But with this band, I, in a sense, I delve deep into them. Like, especially, it's much easier to do now with the internet and all that. But, like, this is the first band that I've ever truly gone to a concert with, bought merch for bought CDs with my own money instead of getting them as presents or after badgering our mum for like six weeks to get it. And like so his Yeah. I guess that I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna launch a uh, no, I, that does happen. That happens a lot. Yeah. And like I've always this is something I've always said. Like the stuff you love you should be the most critical of. Yeah. Because you want it to be better. Yeah, I I am critical of it because like yeah. I know that this is a step closer to the sound that I can truly see them being happy with and truly it basically identifying as them. Like if you hear a certain song, you hear it because like with McFly, any song that they've ever released apart from the Above the Noise album, I'm putting that out there. That is an album that doesn't exist in my head, even though I have it on CD. Any song from them, I feel like, describes them perfectly. Like, I can go from Surfer Babe to, say, All About You, which is just two albums different, but they're completely different tones. Hmm. And add in 
Radioactive album, which is two albums after. I don't know. Yeah. Like, no, I, 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 they I just kind of guess I, yeah, yeah. But, I kind of guess I feel I feel like this album is a missed opportunity. I think. Yeah, I can see why you would think that. Like, I can see how you could think that, but at the same time, for me, I think it is this is the opportunity they're needed because with me, I can see them slowly evolving, like like McFly yeah. have. Like, they're going to slowly evolve, doing more and more. And I guess, at the same time, this album may could have been a lot more, like, pop-punky side to the pop-punk scale. But at the same time, it's a lot more punky than their first album was, which was all about girls dating and all of yeah. that. Whereas this... Oh, yeah. Most of the songs on this album, from what I remember... From what I can think of, they don't really gender anything. Yeah. Like, the only thing that I can truly think of where their gender is Broken Home. And mm. I like that, because they've gone from being love-struck teenagers to realising that maybe gender isn't the best thing because it blocks out all the male fans that they really want to get in to the music. I think I've figured out why. I've just figured it out, why this album bothers me. Why? Like, because, there's, cause like, when you're trying to change from one sound to another... You either do a straight cut, yeah, or you have like one, maybe two, in between, like yeah. the old sound and the new sound as you're progressing. Mm. Like uh, the difference between, uh, oh, I want to name, I want to, na- I bizarre, bizarre uh, analogy, but I want to name two Beatles albums, but I can't remember the order they're in. It's like um, the difference between here's the here's, here's the best example. It's the difference between the Beatles is help. And the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper. Right. Because, like, there is two albums between them, and you can hear the sound shifting. Yeah. The problem is, this album sounds like it's kind of stuck in between. Yeah. It's not jumped one, far like, enough. Yeah, it's not jumped far enough, so it sounds disingenuine. Yeah, I can see like, that. The best, like, it's, what I'm about to say sounds like the ultimate indictment. Mm. But if I had to choose between listening to this album and listening to One Direction's 4... I'd listen to One Direction's 4, because it knows what it is. Yeah. It sounds like what it's trying to be. I've figured out why the jump for you is so different. Because you haven't, I guess in a sense, you haven't heard the EP songs, which is, and now I think about it, that's really bad. But like I said in the last one, their EPs had a lot more music that was them. So the gradual thing. thing. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like, to get all music industry on you, (laughs) the the little that I know of it... People, most people don't really buy EPs yeah. anymore, really. Like, they're not really a thing. I mean, they're released mostly as novelty. I mean, the 1975 released an, an EP recently to, as a sort of add-on for their album. Like, yeah. nobody's really going to buy it. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah. And, like, so you've got this problem. If you're making these jumps and you've got the EPs in between to fill it, yeah. people aren't going to really listen to the EPs that much. They're just going to hear the albums. Just... So... You've got this whole issue because an EP is this awful, well, I say awful, it's this odd little thing where, like, most studios, most executives won't take a single from an EP because it's not a big enough release to warrant a single. Yeah. So people won't hear the EPs really at all unless they're hardcore fans, at which point you're already really invested. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It really is. But at the same time, this band doesn't really do singles. They do EPs with their single as the main track on it, or the title track. They released three three singles off this this album. Yeah, true. Actual singles. Yeah, 
But with their last album, every single that they released, which was so She Looks So Perfect, Amnesia and Don't Stop, they had an EP with that instead of just a single. And I think that's yeah. why, for me, the transition was okay. I could deal with the transition. Yeah. But with you not listening to the first yeah. album or any of the EPs, it's like, not this, good. Yeah, this this goes back to what we were saying about Pulp. If you're going to try and introduce more people into your sound, you've got to make it approachable. Yeah. You've got to do it in a way that is approachable. Yeah. And as... I, I, I want them to evolve further. I want... I'd want every musician to evolve further. Yeah. Like... Maybe two albums down the line, I might quite like it. But where it is right now, it just sounds disingenuous. It sounds like it doesn't know what it wants to be. It sounds too clinical and too clean. I guess the thing that that got me hooked on the album has got to be the last song, which is Carry On, because I don't know... It's a great last song. It's a great closer to the album. And I guarantee you, that's the sound they're going for. Yeah. I guarantee you, that sound. It's a great closer to the album. It's actually a bloody good album closer. Yeah, I, I just. It, I'm trying to think of ones. I'm trying to think of ones that's on the same level as I would argue, and it's on the same level as uh, M83. This hurry up now, we're dreaming. Yeah. I can't remember the last song of that album, and it's driving <laughs> me mad. Because like it's on the because like, the last track of that album is amazing. Yeah. It works really well as a as an album closer, and I love that. Hmm. Like I don't know. I for me, I just love the fact that. They're saying that most people always have one foot where they want it to be, but the other foot mm. is down in a gutter. Yeah. And I love that they just end it on, it's going to get better. And See, again, this steps back into people having said stuff. Yeah, it's said, a lot... This, this it, goes, because like, people have said that stuff before. I mean, the example I can think of is the phrase halfway between the gutter and the stars. Yeah. I believe either Fatboy Slim did or remixed. <laughs> No, yeah, I don't know. It's been done before. It's obviously done before. Most things in a mu- in the music industry oh, no, yeah, in this have been and done before. It is, a, it is a Fatboy Slim track, by the way. Oh my god! I fucking love Fatboy Slim. I'm not gonna lie. I've, I've never really listened to Fatboy Slim. You've not heard uh, the Rockefeller Skank, otherwise known as Right About Now, the Funk Soul Brother. Check it out now, the Funk Soul Brother. I've heard or the. <laughs> I see you, baby. Oh yeah, who hasn't you? heard? Who hasn't heard that song? I stand correct. Halfway between the gut and the stars is an album, not a single. Right. Like, trust me. Like, you'll hear, you'll listen to Fat Wilson's music, and you'll go, "I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that." Yeah. And you'll have heard it before, and you'll enjoy it because you know it. It's great. Yeah, I think maybe that's why I, I think that's a good thing of why I enjoy this album so much. It reminds me of music that I love, and. Mm. It reminds me of the music that they have said they loved, and for me, that's great, because if they don't make music that they... Well, they loved the first album. I mean, if they didn't, they wouldn't still have tracks technically in their set list, even though some are there just for the fans. But at the same time, this album is a step closer, or I guess, in a sense, maybe three-quarters of a step closer to where Mm. they can go next and then more Mm. you've just given me another complaint of it unfortunately oh Oh, no why am Um, i still talking (laughs) i know we have run a lot over than we should be we're talking a lot longer than last time the last episode i edited down to 50 minutes this is probably going to be a lot longer but there is a big difference between i feel as being inspired by and redoing yeah and like that's another bit where i feel this album falls down it's more 
trying to recreate and being inspired by. Like, the Beatles were inspired by Elvis, but you would not say the Beatles sound like Elvis. Yeah. Mm, I get that. But I don't know. At the same time, sometimes it's hard not to sound like who you're inspired by. Oh, it, yeah, no. And it shines through in some places. Obviously, it always will. But it should. I don't think it should shine through for the entire thing. Yeah. Like, even then, like I can hear the rap influences in it. But, like, those don't actually shine through enough. Really? Yeah. I don't oh. think they shine through enough. I don't... Because, like, that would give the album character. And that, again, this is the thing of it being trapped halfway between where it wants to be and where it is. Mm. Where, where they were, I should say. Because, like... They sh- that should have been pushed a bit more. I mean, I'm not saying they actually rap. I'm suggesting they blend it in a bit more, blend those elements in a bit more. Like, do a uh, Lana Del Rey, for example. Yeah. The worst thing is, I've you saying it sounds like certain artists and stuff and saying, well, that's a big critic. Me just thinking, and I've just realised, some of the songs, like a lot of the songs on this album, just remind me of... Um, of Nickelback, which is a band that they love. I was going to say Nickelback, but I didn't want to insult you because you like Nickelback. I do like Nickelback, and so do they. So, but at the same time, I can really see how you remind me in a lot of the lyrics. And yeah. for me, that's not a bad thing because I really like that music. But again, for you, it would be a bad for thing a lot because of you, people, you... it's a bad thing. A lot of people don't like Nickelback. Nickelback are a punchline. Oh yeah, Nickel- I don't Nickel- see why Nickelback is a Beck- punchline. Let but me put it to you this way. Nickelback are the Justin Bieber of rock music. Oh. That is an apt oh. description. I. Now mm. you get it. I can kind of now see it, yeah, I can it. see now that. You, now you get it. Oh, God. But I don't care, to be honest. Music no, is yeah, music. No, like I said, like, like what you like. But, yeah, like, I guess I've never really thought much into detail of what this album sounds like. I've just put it on a pedestal of its own, which is something that should be done with music sometimes. But at the same yeah, time, I sometimes mean, you do have to compare be, it to see... Everything should be analysed to its own merits. Yeah. But if it sounds like something you've heard a million times before... You've got a problem, but it's not even necessarily that it sounds like that a bit. Like, it's the, it's in some way it doesn't. It sounds more like Nickelback than My Chemical Romance. Yeah. And like, if they're leaning towards Nickelback, you go go whole whole hog with it. Yeah. If you're leaning towards My Chemical Romance, go whole hog with it, because like those two, uh, I shouldn't. I never say that musical styles should not blend, because like, I recently finally listened to uh, Hamilton, like, so good. We're going to cover that at some point on this. Right. We are. Oh, God. Great. More music for me. Really good. Not not for next week. I've got something for you for next week. Right. But we will cover it at some point because, oh, it's so good. It, it's bloody incredible. And I am already, I have put myself in the uh, email queue for the tickets when it goes on, when it goes <laughs> on in London. Because I'm going. I don't give a damn how much it costs. <laughs> I'm going. So good. Yeah. Digression aside, I think we should probably end it, otherwise we will keep talking forever. Yeah, we probably will end up keep talking forever if we carry on. Yeah. So, what would you rate that album out of ten? I would probably give it a five. To be honest, I was expecting kind of lower than that. Yeah. So I'll take that. Like I said, I don't like. I I don't like. I don't hate it. I nothing it. Yeah. It fits in perfectly with a five. Yeah, I can see that. I, could... I will take that five. 
All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, Rebecca, for next week, the album you have to listen to, which I've mentioned before in this yeah. episode and has come up time and again, mm-hmm. is Licensed to Ill by the Beastie Boys. Right. Which will be the first, but by no means la- the last, rap album we do. And I am so... I do not have any objection to that at all. And that ties in perfectly with the album that I want to give you, coincidentally, which is 21 Pilots' album Vessel. Right. Which has to be the deluxe version, just deluxe, for the fact... Deluxe, not deluxe. No, it is the bonus track version. Yeah, you said deluxe. Oh, God, I'm going back to the paint. Deluxe is paint. <laughs> I've got a dog on my lap, okay? okay. I'm. Start from... It has to be the de- um, deluxe. Right. But it has to be the deluxe version because it has yeah. A, my favourite song, but B, said favourite song, I feel is very powerful and has had, ha- in I think, in my opinion, the most rappy side of it, whereas the rest of the album is lovingly known to me as aggressive poetry. It's how a lot of people describe 21 Pilots as aggressive poetry. Isn't aggressive poetry the definition of rap as well? Yeah, but rap is more rap, whereas <laughs> when I think of aggressive poetry, I think of it being rap, but not as fast and stuff as right. ag- rap is, you know? Ow, hit my hand. Yeah. All right, thanks again for listening, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>